is an Odyssey original. This is KNX In-Depth. I'm Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman. President Biden says he's got a plan to cut the federal deficit, but will Republicans in the House go along? We'll go in-depth. Are you really working at home like your boss thinks? Well, some of you aren't. And slap fighting. Slap fighting. It's a thing now. We'll go in-depth. Ow! We're not, not yet. <laughs> oh, okay. We start, we start with President Biden's proposed budget plan. Eric Wesson is the congressional reporter for Bloomberg. Eric, thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So uh, the plan is essentially to, to, or a large part of it anyway, to keep Social Security intact, uh, Medicare intact, by taxing what? People who are making more than like 400000 a year, something like that? Well, right now, uh, we know that at least on the Medicare side, uh, Biden is uh, talking about raising the payroll tax. Uh, this, uh, you know, phases out for, for those making more than $160,000 this year. Uh, but this would only phase in for those uh, making more than $400,000 uh, per year. This would extend the life of Medicare's tr- hospital trust fund, which is due to uh, be insolvent in 2028. Uh, the proposal is dead on arrival in, co- in Congress uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell called it that uh, yesterday, uh, but uh, you know it's, it's it's out there, and perhaps if uh, Democrats get unified control uh, of Congress again, it, it could come up. Yeah, this is kind of the campaign thing. This is how politics in America works. We're always in campaign season now, and it's part of the reason why I feel uh, that things can't always get done because we get a campaign. This proposal is one of those things. It's like, well, uh, uh, President Biden, I think, knows this is dead on arrival. Republicans know it. Democrats know it. But this is for the campaign. This is for 2024. This is what we're going to run on. And while we're so busy running on things, we don't actually get anything done. Is that a bigger and bigger problem for this country moving forward? I think it's harder for uh, bipartisan agreements to be made. You could think that uh, with only uh, four years left before this uh, problem for Medicare, that they could get something done. But deadlines will force an action. I mean, if there's still a divided government in this town in in, in Washington in uh, 2028, you know, then perhaps a compromise can be worked out. Uh, and this tax increase could be on the table. I think the thing that uh, that Biden is is truly trying to avoid is this talk of raising the Medicare age to seventy, which some Republicans have put on on the table. Uh, you know, this is really not a, a current benefit cut, but for for those uh, in future years that would see the the age rate uh, rise. We are quickly approaching the issue again with debt ceiling. Where do we stand on that? Yeah, there's really uh, been really no movement on that. Biden and uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met February 1st. There's been no meeting since. Uh, this budget that's coming out on Thursday is going to kind of be, uh, you know, the, the president's offer, his vision, uh, cutting $3 trillion in, in deficits over 10 years, uh, but really relying on tax increases that are not going to go over well with Republicans. Then it's up to Republicans to come up with their plan. Uh, you know, they had aimed to do that by the middle of April. Now we're hearing could be the early part of May uh, and again, they have an idea of balancing the budget within 10 years, but the, the gap has grown so big that it would be about $20 trillion in cuts. And if they uh, have now agreed to uh, you know, shield Medicare, Social Security, and many in their conference don't want to touch defense, that's talking about uh, zeroing out much of the rest of the government. Is there room and is there time for any negotiation? There is certainly a time. Uh, you know, uh, a CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, says sometime in the summer or fall, that's when the uh, U.S. could uh, default 
on payments and causes financial crisis. Uh, we're expecting a lot of scrambling in the uh, June and July timeframes. All right. Thank you so much, Eric Wasson, the uh, congressional reporter for Bloomberg, joining us today. Right now, though, a big atmospheric river. I hate that term. A lot of rain is going to be moving in to slam California. The northern half of the state will get the bulk of it while the concern down here has to do with what will happen in the mountains. John Monteverde is a meteorologist and emeritus professor of meteorology at San Francisco State University. John, thanks for being with us. Good afternoon. So, as I said, a lot of rain expected uh, in northern California, but also here. So what's the danger up north? What's the danger down here? Well, for those of us north of Point Conception, we're expecting anywhere from three to seven inches of rain. In the Bay Area, three to six inches of rain. Mostly the concern is in the Sierra Nevada, particularly central and southern, where there's going to be up to 15 inches of rain. And we've already had concerns about infrastructure problems here. We know that there is going to be a concern about flooding as we've got a lot of snow that that could be melting if the rain is warm enough, and it might be. Uh, But also there are still some roofs. Already we've had roof collapses in the San Bernardino Mountain communities, and there's concern that uh, adding more to that is going to cause more damages. Uh, How much of a danger is that? It's a real concern with this type of warm storm We get rain on snow on the roofs of buildings where the rain percolates through the snow, could freeze, could melt, but adding tremendous weight to the roofs. So that's the chief concern, I think, in the San Bernardino and San Gabriel Mountains. However, further west from you in Ventura County and Santa Barbara County, the snow lines are expected to be 10,000 feet or so. So there's going to be a lot of rain, maybe an inch and a half to two inches in the Santa Bra- the Santa Ynez Mountains and the mountains in Ventura County that will add to the problems. So in places like, for example, uh, Big Bear, right, uh, we're not likely to get more snow, but rain, is that it? But the rain could melt all that snow, and you don't want it to melt that quickly, do you? You don't, but I I should uh, emphasize something. In those mountains behind you, we're expecting maybe a half inch to an inch of rain, and it's going to be a rather short duration event. And the snow line is going to be an incredible 11,000 feet. So that means even at the tops of the peaks, we're expecting rain. However, the general rule is whatever rain you get, take about 20% of that rain and that's the additional snow melt that you'll get. So we're not expecting much in terms of flooding, though there might be some streams that become bankful in and around the Los Angeles area. But we do have a lot of concern about overburden of snow on some of those places, like you mentioned, in San Bernardino County. And the outflow of all this, I know we're still concerned about uh, conserving water, but uh, a lot of this uh, rainfall is going to come out, cause some snow to melt. We're going to have some possible flooding issues, but we're not really doing a good job of capturing all this so that it might benefit us, right? Well, I don't know if I agree with that. The reservoirs up in Northern California are not quite full, and I'm sure what they're doing now is letting some water out of the reservoirs to accommodate the amount of snow melt we're about to get. So I'd say uh, the current year has put a tremendous dent into the drought. Doesn't end the drought, but has put, put a tremendous dent into it.
I was curious, you know, in terms of the mountains here, but what's the situation, if you know, along the Colorado River? Well, you know, I don't know that for sure in terms of this current storm, but there's been quite a snow depth in the Rockies. And so I'm sure there will be decent snow melt during the spring that will help the Colorado River Basin. And those people, for example, in San Diego and Los Angeles County that gets their water from uh, the Colorado River, too. And there's some hillside danger as well. We've already got uh, hillsides still kind of loose from the last storm, got uh, some more rain coming in, maybe not as extensive as what they're going to get up north, but we still get some. Uh, and so that will only make some hillsides even looser. And then we have another one coming down uh, the pike uh, into uh, next week. So are we facing some severe uh, flash flood warnings and some mudslides? Well, certainly in the northern two-thirds of the state, we're expecting that. We don't expect the major rivers to flood um, in terms of flooding from, for example, the Sacramento River or the San Joaquin River, but we do expect flash flooding, like you mentioned. And so that's a concern. And as a matter of fact, I think every part of the state of California north of Santa Maria is under a flood watch now until Monday. All right. Thank you so much, uh, John Monteverdi, a meteorologist at uh, San Francisco State University. Coming up, would you let somebody just slap a Ow. out of Ow. out of you? Well, that's the the latest Ow. trend is is slap. I'm going to have to cleaning. ask you to stop doing that. No. Ow! <laughs> well, just turn the other cheek. Oh yeah, gotcha. I only got so many cheeks. <laughs> Right now, though, uh, auto safety regulators are investigating Tesla again following two complaints that the steering wheels fell off Model Y SUVs. That's not good. No, that's not good. When of you're all, driving, you want the wheel there. Of all the things that could fall off, that's but a bad one. You don't want the steering wheel off. Uh, Larry no, Prince is the executive editor of the DetroitBureau.com, which covers the automotive world. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So what's the issue here with the steering wheels falling off? What's causing that? Uh, well... It seems that there's a bolt that um, was not installed correctly um, or at all, and the steering wheel basically is a is being held on merely with pressure. It's a pressure sensitive fitting, uh, which held for five days after one motorist bought his vehicle, but then it came off while moving in traffic on US one in Woodbridge, New Jersey. You know, it's interesting that if if we if a recall is issued, there would be as many as 120,000 Model Ys recalled, and it would be the third recall in three weeks for Tesla. Uh, on March 4th, they recalled uh, nearly 3,500 Model Ys because bolts securing the second row seatback frames weren't tightened. And on February 16th, uh, they issued a recall for 362,000 Tesla vehicles to update its full self-driving software after regulators said that it didn't adequately adhere to traffic safety laws. Can I ask you a question? Is the is the Tesla just not a well-built car? It, um, it would certainly seem that way. Um, JD Power surveys have revealed that the Tesla the Teslas just aren't that there are quite a few problems. Now you could say recalls are like watching your mother-in-law go over the cliff in your brand new car, you know, mixed emotion. <laughs> because on the one hand, because oh, on the one we're, hand, we're going to hear our mother-in-laws. Yeah. We're going to get such emails. We're going to get emails. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm not. I'm not um, 
being mean to any mother-in-laws. It was just uh, <laughs> disclaimer. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But uh, you know, it's mixed emotions. On the one hand, they are identifying a problem and fixing it, but they're identifying a problem nonetheless. Um, certainly, at the prices that Tesla asked for its vehicles, you would expect it to be better built than that. But they have a long record of recalls and build quality problems. Yeah. Is this an issue of management or are there problems on the assembly lines? Uh, are they maybe too shorthanded or they don't have qualified workers? What's what's the deal with all these problems? Well, I mean, they did initially have a lot of problems with manufacturing and that was early on. It has gotten better. But it still remains an issue, and putting together a vehicle, even an electric vehicle that doesn't have as many parts as a gas-powered one, is still a huge challenge. And if you need proof of that, just look at other upstart automakers, new automakers like Rivian, um, who have had trouble sort of ramping up production. It's a very complicated consumer product to put together. Now, I, while it is certainly true that that probably there hasn't been a a car model ever created that didn't have recalls for one reason or another, it, sure. it does seem, you know, and you were just ticking off a few recent ones, but I remember going back over the past couple of years, there have been other recalls for mechanical issues, I believe, with Teslas. Uh, it, it is kind of an interesting thing, is it not? Because this is a premium car. People are paying a lot of money for it. It's supposed to be sort of an advanced car, the car of the future available now. But I don't know, a car of the future with a wheel coming off, steering wheel, doesn't sound very futuristic to me. Uh, in fact, I think there's a Laurel and Hardy joke from the silent era where <laughs> the steering wheel comes off and is handed to, to Mr. Laurel. So, um, yeah, it's it seems to be Bush League that they can't even attach a steering wheel correctly. And it certainly doesn't speak well to the quality of their products that not only can't they attach a steering wheel correctly, but they can't even write software correctly either, or they overstate its ability, which is something that other automakers do not do. I don't know how much Elon Musk is involved in the day-to-day -day activities at Tesla, but it's starting to feel like Twitter and Tesla are definitely related these days because Twitter's obviously having some problems uh, since he's taken over. Are these attributable to uh, the drama surrounding Elon Musk? I, I think his divided attention is having an impact on Tesla. Although, again, as we mentioned, the quality issues are more longstanding, but his his being wrapped up with Twitter certainly does leave him less time to address quality issues and make sure the manufacturing is taken care of properly. So when people are buying Teslas, are they being sold a bill of goods? Um, with full self-driving, yes, most definitely, because it's not full self-driving. It's no better than the systems other automakers are offering. It's still level two. Um, technology, not level three, which, by the way, is not allowed in the United States. Level three is full self-driving, but it's going to take an act of Congress to allow it on the roads in the United States. All right, Larry Prince, uh, thank you for joining us. Executive editor of the DetroitBureau.com. You're listening to KNX In-Depth with Rob Archer. I'm Charles Felton. If you work at home, your boss doesn't actually see you, so there's no way to know where you actually 
are. Yeah, and you know, we all know people, right, who they say, oh, I work from home, yeah. wink, wink, yeah. nod, I nod, know. yes. Yeah. I'm working from home. Uh-huh. Well, more people are taking advantage of that fact by taking what's being called hush trips. They go on vacation. I love this. They go on vacations and work, or at least they say they were working, from where they're vacationing, but they don't tell their bosses that instead of being in, I don't know, Hackensack, New Jersey, they're actually on Honolulu somewhere on the beach. Craig Goodliff is CEO and founder of Cyberbacker, which helps provide staffing solutions to businesses. Craig, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. So uh, I don't know. I would think that wouldn't go over well with an employer if even if the employee is actually working, it turns out they're not in, as I sort of was joking, you know, New Jersey, but they're in Hawaii taking in the sun. Yeah. And I love the term because this isn't a new thing. This has been going on since the pandemic. When people were forced to start working from home and it became a big thing, people were realizing, hey, I can go travel and see family. Hey, this place isn't locked down. And people were exploring that. And now it's kind of a big thing. Well, in defense of that, let me offer this. Uh, If you're working from home, you're kind of working in your own surroundings already. So who's to say that your surroundings couldn't be you took a trip to Hawaii or you went to see the family? If you're still getting worked on, I, I should say. Yeah. The only time that it becomes a real problem that we see with a lot of businesses is when people, they're not very tech savvy and they don't protect the data on their computer and they go sign into, you know, someone's hotel network. And now you've made your computer system vulnerable. And depending on the information there, if you've got a lot of company information on there, there's some hackers who could get into some sensitive material just because of the internet connection you're using. So you do have some liability with things like that with some professions, some jobs, it doesn't matter where, where you are. Anyone could see the data and be totally fine. I mean, if you think about it, if your job is to answer a business's phone, because that's something that's commonly, I can have someone who works from home answer the business's phone and take a message or transfer a call. That can be done anywhere. But if I'm the CFO of a company and I've got all of the company's financials on my computer and everything, that's information you probably don't want getting out. By the way, uh, we should point out that Rob is actually now in in Paris and I'm yes. in Bora Bora. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, we wish. Uh, But this can't be, as I said, going into this segment, uh, Craig, uh, I would imagine that maybe some employers don't really care and they would have the attitude, oh, you know, if the work is done, what do I care if my employee is spending some time on the beach? But I would also imagine that some employers might think this is kind of cheating on company time. Yeah, well, some employers, I mean, if we're being honest, they do it themselves. Oh, and oh, yeah, you know sure. those people that they go on vacation to right off to the IRS. Oh, I looked at investing in this product for our company. So you've got leaders that have done that too. Some of those ones, they're okay with it because they know that they're capable of doing their work. And if it's the model employee, absolute very best, they were the model employee before they went on their little hushed vacation. They're probably still going to be. So who's not, the- so wait a minute. So so who's not cheating then? Yeah, we're all on the take. Wow. We're all on the take. We're all absolutely on the take. And the other challenge is that when you have their B-level performers, their C-level performers, we have a lot of these. We have a 6 point or 3.6% unemployment rate, but their lower performers who are not good to begin with now go on vacation and we're finding they produce even worse under those circumstances. 
And it is kind of easy these days with technology because if you have to do a video Zoom call, for example, you can change your background. Uh, you can make it so that somebody can't really tell where you are, except the only thing that might not work is if you are purporting to be in your home office. You've got the background picture behind you, but you can obviously see you're not, you've got a Hawaiian shirt on and there's sun shining in your face. Correct. Yeah. Backgrounds can change. Some people, you know, they'll have one of those days where they need to go into the bathroom, change their background, <laughs> and set their computer on the tank. And forget. You, know? you just sit on their backwards. It's fine. We can all get away with it. But, but doesn't it create friction in a company where, because some jobs, some people have to be present in a company, in, in a, an office building for one reason or another. Doesn't it create resentment when some employees are kind of stuck in the office and they sort of know or suspect that their fellow employees are off in some exotic location? Well, not just that, but anytime expectations failed to be set, failed to be met, or things were not. No, oh, I think speaking I of, I think he went away on vacation. Yeah. Oh, oh, now yeah, he's back. Like he's back. We, we, we lost you for a minute. Yeah. We th we thought you went away. Are you on in vacation. Hawaii? Where are you? Yes, Sorry, where I was are trying you? to go ahead and get in there. Wait, where are that, you actually? Getting in on that Paris action. Wait, he's not <laughs> in, in Utah. You're in Utah. Okay. Are you supposed to yeah. be in Utah? Supposed to be. Believe okay. it or not, in my office. <laughs> yeah, right. You're in your office. Okay. In a real building, not my home <laughs> office. But when you have any time you have someone who took a vacation, did something that other people weren't notified of, of course they're going to be cheated. You weren't being completely honest. Right. That's the challenge with the, this hush vacation. It's are you being completely honest? Because most employers they don't like trans they don't like when someone's not transparent. Yeah, that's a good point because even even if you do manage to still get some work done, you still were dishonest in a way, and I I can see bosses yeah. don't like that stuff. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. thank you so much. Uh, Craig uh, Goodluff, CEO and founder of Cyberbacker. Well, you know what? I'm. I'm I'm going to, I'll, I'll be transparent. I'm going on vacation right now. You are. So bye. In your, <laughs> when we come back, I'm off, I'm off to the airport. Slap fighting where Charles is going to get out slapped for a change. You know, we asked this question a bit earlier, but would you let someone, you know, come, come right up to you and slap you really hard no. in the face? No. Ow. <laughs> Most of you probably said no. Rob said no. Mm -hmm. It hasn't stopped me, yo. No. <laughs> Slap fighting is the latest contact uh, con contact sport, combat sport to hit the U.S. And we've been kind of joking about it uh, for a while, but it is serious. Uh, Power Slap League operates in Nevada, but some doctors have some concerns. With us now are Power Slap Strikers, Ice Cold, Waylon Frost, and Isaiah Quinones, who is from Lancaster. And we have Dr. Param Yasher, uh, Yusher. I hope I said that right. Uh, neurosurgeon at uh, Dignity Health Northridge Hospital. I want to direct this first question to the doctor because we, we've been talking about this, you know, kind of having fun with it because slap fighting sounds like fun. But uh, doctors do have concerns. What are your concerns with slap fighting? Uh, thank you guys for having me on the uh, program today. Um, I, my biggest concern is that it, it pretty much is a concussion fest type of uh, sport. You know, essentially patients, uh, I say patients, uh, competitors are standing there across from one another, essentially defenseless, while an open hand and a kind of arched back, you know, sprung, ready to go hand is swung at their face without any real ability to defend themselves, protect themselves. Um, you know, your brain is floating within a fluid of fluid or spinal fluid, and it is just 
rattled and shaken like a like a 9.5 you know uh, earthquake on the Richter scale. Wow, that doesn't sound like fun. Uh, Waylon and Isaiah, <laughs> both of you guys. Uh, so, just describe to our listeners, uh, Waylon, you first, and Isaiah, if you want to jump in, by all means. What? How does this actually go down? So, the do you slap each other? Have you both combated at combat with one another? Um, so, Isaiah and I are in different uh, weight classes, so I haven't gone against Isaiah, um, but. Uh, it's basically, you know, like any other combat sports, they have weight classes. You have to be, you know, within that 15 pounds. So, right. um, so yeah, that's basically how so, that wait, goes. So you stand there and, and someone like really just belts you in the face with an open hand? Yeah. So, I mean, I know it looks like it has to be defenseless and, you know, you can call it defenseless. But I would disagree with that because, you know, there is ways that you can learn to absorb that, absorb that, you know, energy. Um, you know, guys are practicing, you know, different techniques to be able to take that hit, you know, whether it's, you know, rolling with the hit or, you know, whatever they decide to do. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's a there's a few different ways to look at it. But, uh, you know, I think it's it, with everything the commission does and everything to make sure that it's safe. I think that, uh, you know, we're probably going to be OK. Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely I definitely agree with Waylon. And we just went over some rules today. Um, there's a little bit of rule changes you know, because the commission was obviously concerned with that as well. Um, but early on, you guys got to witness early on, you know, th this new sport coming out and, you know, people were going in there and they were hitting with a lot of palm strikes and stuff like that, where you guys see these guys getting knocked out. But there's definitely more rules to it where you have to hit with more of the inside of your palm and an open hand slap. So you hear the slap noise and it's not really you're not going to see like you know, crazy people like getting knocked out and stuff like that. And I grew up boxing and, and I know in the boxing industry, I was getting hit so much with these gloves on, but with the gloves, you're just getting hit over and over again, you know, multiple times. I mean, sparring and boxing, you're getting hit. Like Dana, Dana White said, said it perfect. You're getting hit over 400, 500 times, you know, up to the match, preparing for the match and even during the match, you know? So I, I was more worried about that when I was boxing. All right, going back to the doctor, you heard uh, our uh, slap fighters here talk about uh, precautions that they take, uh, steps they take to kind of reduce the incidence of your head absorbing the full blow and rule changes. What do you make of those? Uh, there, there's a couple concerns I have. Probably the biggest one is um, still in terms of its safety. I think, you know, in other, in other sports, regardless of what the sport is, um, you know, for example, football, uh, even boxing, you know, you're trained to have defense mechanisms. You can use your wrists, you can bob and weave, you can, you know, kind of adjust your body, even in MMA fighting. Um, but even despite that, you know, we see somewhere around 300,000 concussions a year just in football alone and between one and a half to three million sports-related concussions on an annual basis. So regardless of the rules, the bottom line is that the head is taking a direct blow, which makes patients and makes, makes you know, the fighters uh, prone to these injuries. And the second point I want to make is, you know, what does this mean for, you know, children? You know, we have every sport that exists, kids start to, you know, start to play. Even when I was a child watching, you know, WWF, now WWE, I would wrestle with my own cousins. You know, I worry that kids are even more prone to, to concussion injuries. You know, there's a lot of studies that are being put out there that are being uh, performed and even meta-analysis where um, kids who've had a concussion are anywhere from two to four times more likely to have a subsequent one 
And it's not really understood why, you know, could that be because their concussion threshold changes? Um, but I worry about those kinds of uh, behavioral, cognitive, and other risks for right. children. Waylon and Isaiah, uh, the doctor does bring up a good point. Uh, you know, you guys are doing this professionally, and you have rules, and, and but you're also sort of role models, right? Uh, do you guys worry that that kids will want to emulate what they see you doing, but without the rules and without the training and being more vulnerable because they're smaller? I'll go, I'll go ahead and go first on this one. Cause I have a daughter and you know, she's, she's been to my matches and she's seen my matches and you know, she, she doesn't go to school and she doesn't go slap kids in the face in school and stuff like that. I mean, I remember I was the same way growing up. I love WWE. I would always wrestle with the cousins and stuff like that. But I mean, there's been instances where I don't know if you guys remember years ago, there was a little brother and sister who were wrestling and the little brother accidentally killed his sister because he body slammed her and like, you know, put on her neck. I know if a kid goes out to recess or something and, you know, slaps another kid in the face, you don't have to worry about them dying from it. You know, I mean, obviously I don't condone that. We don't ever want that to happen, but there, there's a lot more danger and, you know, play in wrestling or even play like, you know, fighting and stuff like that, but just a little slap in the face. I mean, like I said, don't condone it, but I don't, I don't see a kid going out there and going to, you know, badly injure a kid if that were to happen. And what have you made the point uh, that boxing was more dangerous? Yes. I, I, even when I would get hit in, like, even when I defend myself and I have my hands up by my face and a person comes in with a hook that my hand in my face doesn't block that power. It's still, it pushes my glove into my head and it rocks my head back and forth. So yeah, there's defense, but you're still taking blows with that defense. All right. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much for joining us today. Uh, that's the uh, Power Slap League operating in Nevada, Slap Fighting a New Sport. We were joined by uh, some slap fighters, Ice Cold, Waylon Frost, and Isaiah Kenyon. It's also a doctor, uh, Param Yasher, from uh, Dignity Health Orchard Hospital. So I guess we have to stop slapping one yes, another. don't slap. It's dangerous, Charles. Yeah, okay. Ow. More in-depth tomorrow.